of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. With all the turmoil in the world this morning, it, it may seem as if my sermon begins on kind of a different note. But nevertheless, this was the, the analogy that I came up with for this week. You remember when you're about five years old? You, you, you gone through potty training, you kind of knew how to take care of your, your, yourself in the bathroom area. Yes, but, you know, we'll have gas at times, don't we? And, you know, little, little kids, they sometimes make jokes about that. In fact, as a, a bus driver, there was one day I was driving the bus around, a little five-year-old kid sitting behind me making, you know, uh, jokes about well, passing gas for like 10 minutes. You can kind of get on your nerves after a little bit of time. But your, your mom, your dad, they, they took you aside and, and they said, you know, little Johnny, little, little Sally, you know that when, when, when you have gas, it means you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You're probably trained in, in that same way. I, I, I could even re remember to, to share kind of an awkward story about myself. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite understand what my mom meant by that. I was like, no, mom. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I don't have to do number two, no. no but, but mom, you know, st stuck with me, you know, that what, what you understand is that this is like number three, right? I have to do the number three. I have to go to the bathroom in, in order to, you know, turn the fan on a little bit and, you know, be able to, to care for the needs of other people. Because uh, other people, they, they don't want to hear the, those noises. Other people, they don't want to, you know, smell those smells, right? Because, you know, you know six-year-olds, maybe we thought we were being sneaky. Now, Mom and Dad don't like to hear the sound. And so, you know, we, we could be real quiet about doing the number three when we're out in public. But Dad could maybe smell the smell, and he would remind you again, right? You need to go into the bathroom to take care of of the number three. And we pretty much learned, didn't we? Now, sure, maybe some of the guys got together at football camp or something like that, and you know, it's just the guys, and the guys can just kind of do, you know, what they do. But you came home from football camp, right? And you recovered your manners. You recovered those lessons that you had learned in the beginning that you would practice self-control. You would limit yourself in order to care for other people, in order to show respect for other people, he's saying. 
And I, again, it maybe seems like kind of a really strange place to start a sermon this morning. But I think it's something that we all can identify with, right? We, we all remember those years growing up, and, and, you know, for many of us, we remember raising our own children, having, the, you know, those certain standards. Now, dear friends, I, I, I would suggest that if we can exercise self-control as something as minor as our, you know, digestive function. Can we not exercise self-control in these greater areas that our nation is facing today? You've all been watching the, the news. You, you all know the, the different turmoils that are are taking place, the, the things happening within the, the state of Minnesota itself as well as uh, across the nation. Now, if we can use the self-control to go in the bathroom to do the number three, can we not also exercise self-control of our tongue? See? We have that command to not bear false witness against our neighbors, right? And we know that inclusive within that command is that we're not going to lie. And we're not going to say false things about our neighbor. We're not going to hurt some other person's reputation. But rather we are called to speak well of our neighbor. We're called to explain everything in the kindest way, you see. And in this time, in our nation's history at least, it seems like we as a nation are failing at that. To explain a person's actions in the kindest way. No, we, we want to do the opposite, don't we? In fact, we're becoming so angry at, at certain individuals that we want to see them suffer almost, don't we? We see them appear on the news, we grind our teeth a little bit, maybe. And that, that love of Jesus is supposed to come into our hearts. It's supposed to be our concentration. It's supposed to be the thing that we key upon. And it's also the, the direct opposite of that that kind of explains the events that are, are taking place. Now, how can a group of individuals, we're, we're being told, come from out of state and begin to try to incite riots within our own state? Now, as the, the police here begin to, to reveal the, the arrest, they're saying, all oh, these people that we're arresting in Minneapolis, they're not even from Minnesota. They came from some other place. They, they carpooled in, you know, to preserve the environment and then set things on fire to make big black smoky clouds. The complete opposite, isn't it? 
You see, the, the love of Jesus Christ is supposed to remain within our hearts, even through trying times. In fact, that's supposed to really be the mark of the true Christian. It's not that, hey, everything in your life is great, and wow, you just got a, a, a raise, and you can travel anywhere freely, and, and you can go on any vacation you want, and you're just kind of riding that wave of life, and then you smile, and then you say nice things. See, and, and, and then you, you, you tip that waitress at the place where you're eating a little bit extra because everything's going so well. But no, the, the fruit of the Christian life is supposed to be that when we're downtrodden, when we're, we're feeling oppressed, when nothing seems to be going quite right, when it's really becoming a struggle, I don't know perhaps where my meal is coming from tomorrow, still I can smile. And still I can say, hey, have a, a nice day. Let, let me help you with that package. Let me assist you in some way. There is something important to me has just come to an, an end and my heart is broken and my spirit is crushed and still I can look out and say, how can I be useful today? How can I help you? How can I continue to try to make the other person's life better? That's not where we are, is it? Like, uh, yeah, you know, the, these last uh, 10 weeks have been trying on people. And then these last uh, 10 weeks have, have kind of worn us down, haven't they? And these last uh, 10 weeks have just kind of made it hard to sleep at times. They've made us grind our teeth at uh, times. And our response has perhaps not always been what it should have been. And when that's uh, the case, we come to our church as well, don't we? You see, really, I think for each and every one of us, we get a, a little bit of something different out of the service uh, depending upon where we are. And if we, we've sinned, if we've fallen short, if we've you know, used our, our, our tongue in the wrong way, if we've been disrespectful to other people, we can walk in the church on Sunday morning and we can say, I, a poor, miserable Sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. And having spoken of our sin, we can receive that gracious forgiveness offered by Jesus Christ <coughs> our Lord. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce to you the forgiveness of all of your sins. And we're washed clean. 
And we can hold our head up once again. Confessing our sins, we can then begin to turn from them. We can sing some of the wonderful hymns that are found within our hymn book. We can hear those very words of God read once again from the lectern. Hopefully we, we can hear some kind of an edifying sermon and we can come away with it with you know something other than the pastor was talking about potty training today and I don't know what he was thinking really. Hopefully it's a, a little better than that, you know. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed that we can go back to the Lord's Prayer once again, the prayer our Lord and Savior gave to us. And then at the conclusion of the service, we receive the blessing so we can go out once more. Yes, into a sinful world. A world that tries to entice us to not have self-control. A world that tries to bring us around again to badmouth other people just like we're badmouthing people. A world that tries to, to get us to steal a little bit just because they're stealing a little bit. A world that doesn't really care about their neighbor's possessions or are protecting them, but, but rather sits in jealousy and says, aha, look at those three guys burning down that store. That guy's getting what he deserves. Now, we're called to protect our neighbor's possessions and property. To act to the best of our ability to, to preserve life to preserve property, to take care of others, to do our best. And that's why we came today, isn't it? To hear once more about Jesus Christ, our Savior, who always did his best. Always acted perfectly in any situation. Always struck to the heart of the matter. Pointed out the flaws in his own society and lifted people up to do better. Jesus Christ loved us so much that even when he knew we might be running down our enemies, bad-mouthing our leaders, gleefully even watching other people's property be destroyed. He looked down and he said, that one is mine. I want that one to be with me in heaven. Even though that one is not managing their tongue right now. Even though that one is gleefully watching the destruction of property. I want that one. I want them. And then he stretched out his arms. And he died upon the cross. So our sins could be forgiven. 
Yes, uh, my friends, we all have failed at times. We all have fallen short in, in some areas. There, there is some particular sin perhaps that, that still binds us and holds us back from who we want to be. But Jesus Christ, our Savior, forgives all of our sins. And he helps us to do better, doesn't he? You know, the readings for today concentrate on the Holy Spirit. And for us as Christians, it is that Holy Spirit that gives us the power to overcome. The fruit of the Spirit, we're told in the Scripture, is self-control. The fruit of having that Holy Spirit within us is that even though I, I begin maybe to, to think bad thoughts about someone, I can bite my tongue and not speak them. Is that even though I, I begin perhaps even to, to fantasize about some kind of a sin, how, how I maybe would like to take my neighbor's property and paint it a different color and maybe he'd never notice, that I then stop myself from doing that and instead I do the thing God would have me to do. You see, it is that, that self-control that comes as the fruit of having the Holy Spirit. And God says he gives that Holy Spirit freely to each of us. So that we can be respectful of others. So that we can show respect for our authorities even when they make mistakes, so that we can continue to be the living examples of Jesus Christ even in the midst of trying circumstances. Jesus loved us so much. He not only offers that forgiveness so we can feel better about ourselves, but he gives us that ability to begin to lead life in the way that he would have us lead it. He didn't just kind of give a little band-aid. He didn't just kind of come and feel sorry for us. He didn't just show him his empathy. But he also gives us a way out, you see. That we can follow his word. And we can be people, not only within our own community, but yes, within our ravished state, who can stand and say, Jesus, he is the way, and He is the truth, and He is the life. He is the one who can give the self-control for us to come back again from the, the brink of, of the destruction we see around us. He is the one in whom we trust. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds.
now and always. Amen.